Hey there, I'm Scott and this is Tangents. I, I'm so self-conscious when I say that and the way that I think about it is just, um, like there are so many different ways to say it. You know, this is Tangents. This is Tangents. You can put different spacing, you can, yeah. Anyway, total aside, very silly thing, doesn't really matter. And I would say that probably the intro to this is the most annoying part. It's one of the reasons that I got rid of the song that, uh, that Gil recorded, because I've noticed, like for myself, when I watch videos, when I listen to podcasts, it's the intro that I always want to skip. It's the that stuff, that boilerplate bullshit. Um, and I, I try not to do it myself, but it's very hard not to. It's shockingly hard. And it's also... Uh, I'm a little overly self-aware and uh, introspective puts a positive spin on it, but I definitely am kind of focused a little bit too much inward. Let's put a negative spin on it. Let's call it egocentrical. Whatever it is, I'm a little too much. And that gives me this kind of uh, like hall of mirrors that I just keep wanting to reflect on what I'm saying and doing and then kind of, you know, like pick apart it and or pick it apart and it's one of those things where it doesn't help doesn't do any good actually makes things worse but you're still doing it you can't uh, it's like a, a compulsion I can't help it well I could help it but I'm not anyway lots of things to talk about today uh, today is 27 May 2020 um, it's fucking crazy 2020 seems like the future um, and yet so not it's it's amazing to me. I, I have, I've been a big fan of things like uh, you know, various Star Trek incarnations and a lot of futurist stuff for a long time. One of, one of my favorite books as a kid, um, I don't remember what it was called, but it was basically like a, um, not quite a picture book, but sort of a visual history of the next thousand years. Uh, imagined history, obviously but it was showing technologies that we would have and uh, some of them completely plausible and some of them not so much. Uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting to me how much certain things, when people are looking forward, certain things that seem like a no-brainer uh, can be extremely challenging and other things that seem impossible almost to, to consider can totally change. In, in very short periods of time. Uh, we don't have Star Trek voice computer interaction yet. Uh, in fact, my experience with Siri and uh, the such has given me some pause in terms of whether or not that's even a worthwhile interface. Uh, I, I mean, I do think there are certain things that it's great for. Setting a timer, Siri is faster than setting the actual timer as long as it works. Asking certain questions, very easy, it works well. Although I can type fast enough that, you know, it's one of the problems with voice, and I think it's fundamentally one of the problems with podcasts and video, um, although the nice thing is you can accelerate them. But when you listen to it at 1x speed, it's much slower, much slower than if you were reading for me. And I'm not like the fastest reader in the world, but I can read way faster than I can watch a video. It's, it's one of the reasons why I get almost incensed when people will, you know, 
they'll make some kind of outrageous claim. Usually it's it's a conspiratorial thinking kind of bullshit, you know, borderline psychotic claim. And then their evidence for it, like if it was an article or something, I would at least try to read it. But their evidence for it is almost always some rando in a room talking to himself on vi on video. Shit. You know what I'm saying? But don't. No, you know, it's some guy just talking to himself on camera, rambling on. Um, and at least in my case, I have some expertise and I have, you know, although still, and, and I say this all the time, don't believe what I say intrinsically out of hand. It's a complicated thing, actually, because, um, and this is one of the things that I wanted to get to in the book, Don't Buy Books, that I wanted to write. Um, and I've, I still kind of want to write it. But one of the things I want to get to is kind of the role of expertise. We have this problem where, you know, at, at some point, I mean, I guess it's like shame. There was a point where we had the scarlet letter and shame was such an excessive, horrible thing. And now there's no shame for the president lying or doing like horrible things, outrageous things, things that would have ended a presidency 20 years ago. No big deal, no shame. Um, it's just, it, it, it makes you want to scream. We've gone, the pendulum has swung so far <clears throat> in the other direction there. Just depressing. So similarly though, you know, we have things where like expertise, at one point there was a very dogmatic kind of almost priesthood, like whatever, whatever the priests say must be true and can't be questioned. And somehow we've swung from that all the way to the point where you can have a PhD in a subject and you can be the, you, not just a PhD, you could be the world's leading expert on X and you will have some asshole. And when I say some asshole, I mean a group of assholes sitting there talking and criticizing you and not in justified ways. You know, it's not like, oh, you're actually wrong and here's the evidence. No, it's just like this bullshit conspiratorial thing. And it, it's such a problem though, because you can't, like, I don't want people to be dogmatic. I don't want people to just automatically trust what I say. But it is annoying when I say something, I, I'm, I'm not a person that makes declarative statements without some kind of support as a general rule. I'm not saying I never do it, but if I say X is true, well, first off, I've talked about my epistemology. I never really think you know with 100% confidence anything. But I do think, you know, if, I, if I'm making a statement that's pretty strong like that, um, I'm probably saying I have an extremely high degree of confidence and there's a reason for it. You know, there's research behind it. I got in an argument today with some guy. Um, it, it's one of the things that annoys me about Twitter. And it's just, like, there's, Trump has his, his Twitter, which is horrible. Um, I don't recommend you look at it. I don't recommend you even search for it or do anything. You know, it's terrible. There's no, there's no advantage to it other than maybe from the historical perspective, going back and looking at how bad this shit was. And, you know, you think this is the president of the United States. Can you imagine fucking Lincoln or Washington doing anything like this? Or in, even the worst normal president that you can think of. It's out of bounds, but yeah, you just, it's normal. It's the thing we have. But what I was complaining about today is just people amplifying this guy. 
You know, I mean, the thing is, it's not that anyone who's paid any attention to this man had any awareness of him at all over the past few decades uh, should know who he is. They should know what he is. They should know that he's a liar. They should know that he is a terrible con man. And when I say a terrible con man, I don't mean just that he's a bad con man in the sense that he cons a lot. I mean, he's not even good at it. Like, you look at him and you're like, how does anyone buy this shit? It's, it's like the 419 scammers. How does anyone do it? And yet, he got fucking elected. And yet, these people have stolen so many people's life, like, their life savings. Um, just because someone's like, oh, hey, you know, um, if you give me your bank information, then I'll dump like a millions and millions of dollars in and you can keep 5% or some bullshit. And people buy it. People, like, the uncritical thinking there is just staggering. And it's this bizarre thing that we have at this moment in history where you can be, again, the world's leading expert on something and you're not, I mean, again, you're not always right, but you're taken as, as though you have almost less validity to your opinions and your statements than some rando on the internet. And then, you know, you'll have somebody like, oh, I'm going to share this rambling video. Like, if, honestly, if you share this video as a citation for anything, you're doing it wrong. You know, now maybe you share it because you like it or you share it because I say something that you think resonates or something that's horrible and you want to criticize me. But the reference should not be this. Unless you're like going back and writing some kind of dissertation or you're specifically talking about me. Yeah. And even then, probably better references. But if I'm if I'm saying something in here and you're going, hey, you know, this is true, and watch this video. No, no, it's cringy. Don't do it. And the thing that's dri that drives me nuts about this is that almost always when somebody does that, and they do it often, um, I, I actually haven't had it happen to me recently now that I think about it, but for a while I was getting it like almost on a daily basis. Hey, watch this video, Scott. I think I've made it clear, or I've filtered out the people that do that. Whatever it is, it doesn't happen that much anymore. But people would do this, and they'd be like, You'd watch the video, and it was somebody who was obviously, and, and again, this doesn't mean that they're wrong, but it was somebody who was obviously, visibly, mentally disturbed. They had something that, I'm, I'm not a clinician, I'm not, I, I don't have a PhD in, um, in psychology or MD, and, you know, but this is somebody who I swear probably has a diagnosable mental illness. And you see the video of it, and you're like, how does this compel anyone? How do you look at this video and think this is a person who actually has something worth hearing? And then it'll be on some kind of subject that's just just out there. Like, you know, and easily defunct, easily, easily, easily disprovable in principle. Except, of course, you can't disprove anything. And conspiratorial thinking means well, whatever you say as evidence, I can twist to use as evidence that, you know, it's actually this big, you know, the reason that you have that evidence is just there's this big conspiracy that's producing false, you know, it, it's, it's an annoying thing. You cannot disprove a conspiracy theory. And part of, partly because they're very happy to add epicycle upon epicycle upon epicycle 
to explain anything. And once you do that, once you give up sort of parsimony and, you know, like take your foot off of the grounding of reason, you're just adrift. And, you know, your epistemology is fundamentally broken and almost irrevocably so. It's very difficult for people to recover from this. So I look at that and I kind of think, well, anyway, I, I don't want to go on about the, the thing that got me this morning. I, I made a comment like, stop fucking retweeting uh, Trump. Stop, you know, like I, I blocked the guy on Twitter years ago, literally. And there was a time when I would re respond to him and he's easy to dunk on. So you kind of, and you kind of do feel like, oh, I'm sharing this thing. You're not shining a light on anything. People know who this guy is. It, if somebody doesn't know, like they have a cognitive defect or they've just popped into existence or they've been, you know, away and just, you know, suddenly reconnecting with society or they just came from the future and didn't have any study of history, whatever it was, there's no way a reasonable person could exist in this time and have gone through any of recent history and conclude anything other than this guy is exactly what he is. And uh, I don't know. So you're not doing any good shining a light on it. All you're accomplishing, all you're accomplishing is repeating the lies and in repeating the lies, you know, by doing this or responding to it, in which case you're telling Twitter's algorithms, Hey, this is a thing. This thing is hot, you know, amplify it, show it to more people. That's, that's what they want. They don't give a shit about whether something is true or false or good or bad. They just care. This gets hits. This gets likes, this gets interactions. So let's amp it up and get more of those. Um, but I complained about this and then some guys like, Hey Scott, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. And I don't know why you're complete, you know, why you're claiming this. You're completely wrong. You're completely wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. The thing is I do, I actually researched this. It was one of the most, there are certain things where like I've talked about this before, but uh, I think last time, the things that are really kind of like truthy and feel right, it's very disappointing when you learn, oh yeah, shit, that's not true. That's not true. Like you feel like my impulse when somebody says a lie, when somebody says something, when you have Trump, my impulse is to go, that is wrong and explain why and to totally refute it in that way. The problem is, and that, that was what I used to do. And then you start reading studies about this and what actually happens is aside from that thing where you're amping it up with the like algorithmically you're telling it to show it to other people who are not going to see you criticizing it but in addition to that you're getting that thing repeated people are seeing that and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what it is or that you're debunking it it just matters that they're getting hits over and over again in their minds and you're reinforcing it it's, it's one of these things where it's like, you know, I mean, I want to make a logical argument for a lot of stuff. And then you find out, oh, well, logical arguments don't generally persuade people. Emotional arguments tend to logic and reason, um, as much as we like to think, oh, I'm, you know, like this dispassionate, dispassionate Vulcan who's just making rational decisions. It turns out most of reason is actually us back justifying the things that we wanted to do anyway. And our real motivation for things is, you know, on some other level, 
Um, and I don't mean that in a good way. I don't mean it in necessarily a bad way, but we've kind of like made the decision and then we're kind of telling ourselves a story. This is why you made that decision. Not we're making a rational like, well, this is my decision tree and these are the probabilities and you know, it's not to say that you can't do that, but by and large, it's not what you're doing, even when you think you are. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about this and it's just like, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you believe me. I don't think you should don't automatically take what I say for granted, but do know that if I'm saying it, maybe there's a reason for it. And maybe don't, you know, like push back, like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like, my opinion is as good as yours. It's like, well, I mean, on some things, yes. But even if I'm wrong about some things, if, I, if I'm making a declarative statement, there's usually, not always, but again, usually some kind of solid reason for it. And when I say it's bad to do this, I'm not just pulling it out of my ass and making an arbitrary statement. It's, it's fucking true. As far as I understand, fucking true. So anyway, I went back and forth with this guy. He's a guy I like, but kind of also annoying sometimes. <laughs> like this. And finally, it took me a while to find the correct term for this. And actually, sadly, right now, it's not in my mind. I can't remember the, the phrasing. If you find this phrasing, uh, there's a there's a Wikipedia article on it. You can search for it. That's a ton of stuff based on it. Um, it's something about reinforcement or uh, it, it, I'll, I'll probably add it to the description if I think of it later. But uh, it's, it's one of these things where once you find it, super easy. Actually searching for it, there's so much crap out there. It's one of the more annoying things. Like Google is good for finding stuff, but it's, it's better at finding what you want to find. Uh, by which I mean not necessarily what is correct, but what resonates with you. And it's also really good at giving you a ton of chaff. Like people write all kinds of bullshit about something. Very easy to find the bullshit very hard to find the underlying grounded stuff behind it. And so anyway, finally did find it. Um, he never responded after that. So you know, it's not like, oh, I guess maybe you're right. Uh, it's just like radio silence. So annoying. But anyway, enough, enough with that. Um, I, I try not to talk about this stuff too much because I don't think it's, it's not healthy. It's not good for me. It's not accomplishing anything. Telling you, if you're, if you're watching this or listening to this, I assume that I don't need to convince you Trump is a bad person. I assume I probably don't need to convince you that, you know, like this is a despicable, horrible liar, um, irredeemable. And, and I say irredeemable. I mean, you know, like, is anyone truly irredeemable? Well, on, if he was going to live a thousand years, maybe. Maybe you could do something. He's not, thankfully. Although he's gonna probably will live way longer than I would like. And it's not that I want him to die necessarily, but it would be nice to just, you know, I, the absence, of, like as long as he's around, what's gonna happen is he's just gonna keep spreading bullshit and doing like a lot of damage. And undoing that damage is not trivial. Um, I can't remember the guy who said this, but the the amount of energy it takes to refute bullshit is an order of magnitude greater than the amount of energy that it takes to produce it. Um, I'm, it's not quite the quote, but it's something like that. 
And it's fucking true. It's like you can spread, you know, lie here, lie there, zero energy, just throw them around, not a big deal. To dispute this one, to debunk it, takes fucking ever. And even then, you know, I, I, you can make a case to the person who already knew it was bullshit or to the person who was persuadable. But when you're talking about like, and not to get stuck on Trump, but when you're talking to a MAGA person, if you debunk his bullshit, they'll even sometimes go, okay, yeah, I see you're right. He was lying, but, and then they have the whole bullshit thing about, well, he was telling a greater truth or, well, it's okay because, or, you know, well, everybody does it or well, whatever. And it's just, it, it makes you just want to fucking scream. Just want to fucking scream. Ah, man. So I'll tell you, yesterday there was a video on, um, well, shared by a lot of people, but it was of this guy in, um, I want to say Central Park, but it wasn't. It was some park in New York. One of the nice things about New York is it has a lot of really lovely parks. But he's there, he's out birding, and some woman who um, was out with her dog, this is something that used to just, I haven't had a dog in a few years. When I had a dog, she was very sweet, very, very lovable, very friendly. But people would have their dogs off fucking leash. And their dog, and I understand, it's your dog, you love your dog. And also, I will say this, one of the reasons, there are many reasons why I don't have a dog right now. Um, most of it is, well, part of it is just, I'm not, I'm still kind of not over her. Part of it is I have this thought that maybe I'll travel a little bit and having a dog and traveling is not really, it's compatible in the sense that you can do it, but it's a pain in the ass and it's difficult for the dog. Um, so I'm kind of thinking to wait after that. But also, yeah, she would be there and then people would have their dog off a leash and the dog comes running at her and, you know, because their dog is not under control. There are dogs that are trained and can actually like restrain themselves from temptation. Most people who have their dogs off leash are not that kind of person. But having a dog on a leash, I was, I was starting to say, feels a little bit like um, having a slave. Like it's one, I find it, I, I never didn't find it distasteful. Like it was like, on one hand, it's nice, you know, hey, I'm out walking with my dog. On one hand, I also think, yeah, I definitely don't want the dog running off and doing stuff. But on the other hand, there is a very weird thing where you're walking around with a sentient being on a leash. Uh, it's a little, it's a little weird. That being said, you have your dog off leash, your dog comes running at my dog. And sometimes your dog is just really friendly and just gonna go, oh yeah, and they're just gonna say hi and it's all fun and, you know. And sometimes your dog looks the same to me, runs up before I can even do it, and then bites her. And sometimes when your dog bites her, they happen to nick a vein in her tail and nearly cause her to bleed out and take uh, emergency, you know, like go home. She seems okay, other than being rattled. And then she's laying in her bed and you're gonna go out to somebody, somebody's in from out of town, a friend. You're gonna go out to say hi to him and uh, you have dinner and you check like you're going to take her out for her walk before that. And you're like, oh shit, her pad is all wet with blood. And then you're like, oh shit, she's bleeding. You go to emergency surgery, turns out lost a lot of blood. She's actually, because 
just happened to unfortunately randomly nick a vein. Yeah, most of the time when she's standing up, not a big deal, but she lays down and curls up, opens up, bleeds a lot. And had we not done that emergency surgery, she would have bled out, like literally would have bled out. Got the emergency surgery, come back home, and then things seem fine. And I wake up at like one o'clock or 1.30 in the morning because she comes up to my bed and is like, you know, bumping me in the head. And I'm like, what, do you need to go outside? What's going on? And then, you know, I kind of like fully wake up and look around and it looks like a fucking murder scene. Like there's blood all over the floor. There's the, the floors are covered. My whole fucking apartment is covered in blood. And you're like, oh my God. Luckily I had, <laughs> luckily I had uh, concrete floors, but holy shit, blood everywhere. And you're like, shit, yeah. If I didn't get up here, if I didn't go in again to an emergency vet, have another emergency surgery, she would have bled out. She needed like half a dog worth of blood um, in order to just recover from that. It's, it's just like, and this is all from one asshole who has their dog not under control and he comes up and bites my dog. And so you know, I, I have a lot of problems just intrinsically with people who have their dog off leash. Um, and, and also it's partly for the dog because your dog, who again, not under control, not trained, and you know, like maybe most of the time okay, but if there's a cat or something really tempting on the other side of the street, your dog darts off and gets hit by a car, well, great. Um, it's just, there are so many bad outcomes there. And you know, your dog is running around all happy, digging up the park, causing a lot of ecological you know, trauma to the park. You can understand why somebody would be bothered by that. So anyway, this guy sees that. He's like, why don't you put your dog on a leash, lady? Um, and then she's now granted, maybe there's something you don't see. Uh, you know, maybe there's something off camera that you don't see. I don't think so, to be honest. But whatever it is, she's sitting there and sounds like it's kind of a weird thing. It's when I was, I think I've talked about this before, but when I was taking psych, uh, wasn't psych 101, but it was like a 100 level psychology class as an undergrad. One of the things that just is seared into my memory is we were watching this video and it was on, uh, I think like psychopathy or something, whatever it was on. It was like, they're showing this video of a little girl and she's there with her mom and the, I think the therapist was in there, you know, like research or whatever. And she is like, you know, just all like hysterical and things are terrible. Somebody goes away and then they show, and she didn't know there was a camera there. Little, little kid. She didn't know there's a camera there and she's like all upset. And then like she makes this, like she's, everybody's gone. And then she looks up and you can see like all of a sudden, doesn't even, you know, she's totally fine. She's like, nobody's around. I don't have to put the act on anymore. It sent chills up my fucking spine. It's like, ooh, that's actually kind of fucking evil. When you watch this woman in the park, you know, she's like, one at one moment she's got this kind of commanding thing. She's approaching the guy, because this is what you do when you're afraid of somebody is to approach them. But never mind that now. She's talking to the guy 
you know, and just, you know, and then she's calling, like, I'm going to call 911. He's like, do it. Go ahead, do it. Please do. She calls. And when she does, she puts on this, I'm so scared. And, and it's kind of eerie and a little freaky to watch because it's such a shift of gears. Maybe this is just my perception, but to me, it's like she's going from kind of commanding to very distressed. And you just know, and she's like, you know, oh, there's an African-American guy who's like threatening me. And you think about it, it, basically the same day, someone just, some other guy in, in Minneapolis got killed by cops for, uh, you know, what I think it was meant to be check fraud or something. Somebody called, had four cops come out and basically like put their knee, one of them puts his knee on the guy's neck and chokes him to death. And, you know, the guy just dies uh, after saying, you know, I can't breathe and all it's like. You know, it, it's it's such a, a thing that you see so often now. It's like, um, I don't know, it, it, I, I, I'm at a loss for words. It's so fucked up. But you go back to this woman and you're like, you, there is no credible argument you can make that she doesn't understand the context of where we are. That she doesn't understand that people, like, if you're black and you have the cops called on you, and especially if obvious white lady sounding hysterical is talking about how you're threatening her the cops are going to come out gun blazing running into the park i mean this is just like you know of course and very you know like maybe things will be okay but maybe he'll get killed now i'm not saying she's trying to kill him necessarily but she's certainly the very best case most generous argument you can make is she's trying to evoke the fear that that could happen to him. And I think it's reasonable to say, yeah, like, I, I, would, I would liken it to like if somebody was holding a loaded gun and they were waving it at you. Very fucking similar. It's, it's like basically, you know, I'm not saying exactly the same, but it's in the ballpark. And I, I would, you know, like maybe they weren't gonna kill you. Maybe they just wanted to scare you with the gun but they still were waving a fucking loaded gun at you. You know, maybe she's not trying to get him killed, but she's certainly got a threat that could be tantamount to death. So that's great. And then it turns out, of course, and I say, of course, it's funny how this all weaves back to politics, but uh, it's, it's an annoying thing. Like, um, like I said, it's just this fucking attractor that I can't escape. Um, she, she turns out to have donated to Obama she was a supporter of Mayo Pete. Um, she, and of course she's a Biden supporter now. Uh, so she's like the typical uh, white liberal Karen kind of person. Uh, her name was Amy, but you know, Karen. And yeah, yeah at about the same time I had some other, I, I'm not even sure like this is a real person, but you get people who are like, Karen is just like the N word or the F word. And when I say the F word, I don't mean fuck. I mean, the F word that I'm not actually going to say because um, the bundle of sticks F word. Um, and then, you know, or the R word, which again, I'm not going to say, but it sounds like the Italian word for slowing things down um, for music. You know, it's like, and the reason I'm not going to say that, like, I, I'm pretty, pretty liberal for want of a better word with my language. There are certain words I will not say. 
And the fact that I won't say them probably says something, but also it's not that I think that those words are intrinsically like, you know, I, I don't believe in the idea of a bad word, so to speak, but they have so much charge to them and so much, um, like, I don't think the word is intrinsically bad, but I'm also never inclined to say it. And I don't think saying it again, given the context of our time, I don't think it's good. I don't think it's useful. I don't think it's helping anything. Um, but it, it's funny, like it, 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 the whole, like she calls the guy an African American. Um, I've, I've, I've never been comfortable with that, partly because I lived in Hawaii for a while. And there are people there who are very dark skinned, who come from, you know, like Fiji or someplace, you know, like Pacific Islands. And they're very dark skinned. I mean, okay, I come from Africa. If you go far enough back, they certainly do as well. But not recently. You know, the, the whole idea of African American, um, I don't know, like, you, I don't even go by Spanish American and I actually have Spanish ancestry, it always kind of like twinges me a little wrong. You know, it's like, um, especially like, I'm not saying black is necessarily better, but it's descriptive of what you're talking about. And also it covers, you know, wherever you're coming from instead of just a subset. But the fact that she's using this term kind of implies a sort of veneer of not necessarily civility, but like I'm, I guess it's, 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 it's sort of like political correctness. I care. I'm going to use the right word. I'm going to do the right thing, but I'm still going to try to get the cops called on you. You can hear, like I, I eventually after this saw the video or saw a video interview of this guy, but before that you could just hear in his voice. And I don't, I, I mean, zero disrespect here, but you could hear super nerd. You know, and, and, and I don't mean, you know, again, I have, I have great affinity for nerds. I have, um, I feel a certain kinship to them, probably for obvious reasons, but you could just hear in his voice, like, this is not a threatening person. And not that that even matters, like what he looks like or how he, you know, shouldn't matter. Doesn't mean you can be threatened by someone or not, but you can just hear, this is not a threatening person. This is a pretty nice, um, pretty non-aggressive, just super non-threatening nerdy guy. And then you watch a video later on and you're like, oh, he's, I mean, you know, you get more information on him. You see the other video and you're like, yeah, that's pretty much what you would expect. Super nerdy birdie guy. Um, you know, not somebody that you're going to go like, ah, you know, uh, it, it's just annoying. It's just fucking annoying. And the thing that's annoying about it is, is not even the specific incident. It's just that this keeps, this shit keeps happening. And I, I say this a lot, like, okay, people tell me, you know, Scott, it's only a small percentage of cops. Yeah, kind of. But the thing is like the cops that actually do flat out murder people, first off, never gets called officer involved death. You know, it's always the sort of like neutral language that, and, and I do understand, okay, if you're a prosecutor, you can't, or if you're an attorney, you have a certain standard of proof that you can't say like, you know, but certainly like if somebody is getting choked to death and they're saying, I can't breathe, you know, at the very least, at the very least homicide, I think I, I would go actually with murder, but, um, yeah, 
It seems like murder to me. Again, not a lawyer, feels like murder. Um, but anyway, you see that over and over again and fucking kill somebody. And then generally speaking, they get put on administrative leave. These guys in Minnesota at least got fired. I guess that's something. It's like some micron of progress, but you know, they got fired instead of administrative leave. But administrative leave basically means um, they're taken off the streets and usually paid, but basically put on leave. So they're, it's like a paid vacation, I would say. And then maybe, maybe they get charged with something, but often not. If they go to a grand jury, very often doesn't end up going to trial. If it goes to trial, it's very rare that they get convicted. And even when they get convicted, the consequences are often nil. And if there is a suit or something like this against the city, usually it's the taxpayers that pay it, not these motherfuckers. And often these people will even get, you know, like a big settlement, like hundreds of thousands of dollars for their troubles, you know, and for, for murdering people. And, and you see that and you kind of, I don't know, to me, and this is kind of my stance. I know people who are police officers. I, I know ones that I think are good people. But that being said, I don't think this is going to be a very strong statement, but I do not think as long as this continues to happen and as long as these people are sort of in, even if it's 1% of the police force, they're there, people know about it, and they don't do anything, they don't say anything, they have the whole fucking thin blue line, um, you know, don't rat on your friends uh, kind of thing. As long as they're there, I don't think there are any good cops. I, I don't, I just don't, I don't believe, you know, I, it's just one of these things, like, I, I think even the nicest officer, the person who you feel, like, relatively calm with, I don't think they're a person that, you know, Best case scenario, very best case scenario, they're looking the other way. They're letting shit like this happen. They're letting people like this go unchecked. And I, I, I swear to you, there are indications. You know, and granted, you know, the guy that um, put his knee on this guy's neck and killed him, um, there's, a, there's a nice thing of him at a MAGA thing um, with Trump. It's great. And you can, I'm not saying that automatically that makes you suspect or that you should get ejected from the police force for it. It definitely doesn't fucking help. And you start seeing somebody that is, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, it's a very bad situation because we have such, such a large fraction of the population. It's, it's like, imagine, imagine that a third of the population were in the fucking KKK. And I'm not saying that that MAGA hat is the hood. But I'm not saying it's not, you know? Maybe not everybody who is a Trump supporter is a racist, but he sure as fuck does tend to attract them, doesn't he? He sure as fuck doesn't have them face any consequences. Yeah, and, and I also think, like, the best case scenario, the most generous, uh, the, the most really... Uh, what am I looking for? The most kind, the most uh, charitable interpretation is that if you're a Trump supporter, 
you're at least overlooking that shit. You're at the very least okay with it. You're like, oh, I have some other thing that matters to me more than this. Yeah, and often maybe it's this reductio ad infanticidium thing, uh, but whatever it is, whatever it is, use it to justify fucking anything. And it's just, it drives me insane. And then the, the fucking Democrats, the thing that kills me about all this should be a no brainer, should be easy to defeat, should be just somehow, somehow you have like Nancy Pelosi and these other people, and I'm sorry to keep like focusing on her, she's just very, uh, she's very obvious. There, are, it's, it's pretty much every, everyone in the Democratic leadership, very rare exceptions. And even the ones that I, I don't think are like this, they're almost a little bit, like you can feel the pull that it has. Like I, I do think AOC, for example, is, um, I, I don't judge her too harshly. I think she's being um, politically, intelligent and she's kind of positioning herself to get to a point in the party where she can actually do things and accomplish stuff. I don't think she's just being corrupted by it. But you do feel from time to time like there's this corrupting influence of being there. And even people like her, you can see tinges of it, you know? It's 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 um it's very off-putting. <sighs> Man. And it, it there's an annoying thing there also, because it's like, as long as we have first past the post, we basically are stuck with a duopoly. As long as we have laws that codify, you know, the parties essentially into de facto, like almost quasi government institutions, we're stuck with this shit. And so one argument is, okay, you should be a Democrat, you should become a PC, uh, precinct committee member, go to the meetings, vote on things, push the party. And I kind of, I kind of buy that a little bit, but I also like, I've been to these things. I've seen a lot of this stuff and I just, I, I keep thinking like, uh, I don't know, maybe they can be pushed. I don't think, I don't think it's like, it's certainly not easy. And the problem is also like the people that do show up, are the boomers. They're people that, uh, and the people that are kind of like-minded, they are the sort of Biden supporters, the people who, um, it, it, to me, like if you're supporting Biden, at, le at least like it, I can see arguments for Hillary. I'm not a huge fan, but she has a certain appeal. Yeah, and there are things, you know, in the 90s, she was actually pushing healthcare reform, like major things that, could have made things a lot better. Not universal healthcare exactly, but things that would have helped. And yeah, I, I think part of why she is as she is now is just like she's had decades of, it's, it's an interesting thing. You can kind of look at it and do a, not quite post-mortem, but you know, you look, okay, you have decades of people saying like, whatever you do, um, they're accusing you of all kinds of insanity. Whatever you say, whatever you stand for, and they're always pushing back and they're always attacking you. At a certain point, you kind of have to, like almost just as a matter of survival and mental well-being, you kind of have to push back and just kind of say, well, fuck it, you know? You can understand why she would have problems getting the email set up and then finally just say, fuck it, I'm just gonna go and set up my own email server. Um, it, it's, it's just, 
you can understand. It's very easy to understand. But by doing that, you are handing the Republicans and the people who want to attack you ammunition. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm i very riled up and annoyed about this stuff, as you can probably tell. I, uh, I'm, I The thing that's annoying about all this also is I'm generally speaking by nature, other than like social anxiety, I'm, I tend to be pretty even keeled. I've been you know, agitated and wound up for, you know, not, not solidly every moment, but really like for years, since like 2016, I've been kind of keyed up and annoyed by this shit. And to be fair, a lot of this stuff, one of the things I think about Trump that is is worrisome, and I think it's it's very easy to focus on him. It's one of the reasons I don't like people shining so much light on him because he is, I, my friend AJ, um, I, I remember very distinctly, we were at Four Peaks and we're talking, this is before Trump was the Republican nominee in 2016 and he's explaining like I'm, I'm telling him how bad he is and all this stuff and he's kind of like well yeah it's true but also you know listen to what he's saying he's like a half step beyond where the rest of the party is you know it's not like he's like out here he's like there and he's also saying things more overtly and more directly but not really saying things that are that much worse and you kind of look at that and you're like, oh, yeah, that's true, isn't it? And then you also look at um, things that, and, and again, I have lots of positive things to say for Obama, but lots of negative things too. And you kind of see how, I, I think from a historical perspective, it's very easy to see sort of how we got here, how the ratcheting has gotten us here, how this endless thing of like, yeah, I, I mean, it. It's not like it started at one point in particular, but you can look at kind of the, uh, what was it called? The Republican Revolution in the 90s or whatever, you know, the Newt Gingrich bullshit thing. Basically, people stopped making Congress work. Um, we inadvertently, trying to get rid of corruption, this is one of those great unintended consequences. It seems like getting rid of corruption, cutting out pork would be, uh, you know, no-brainer, total good thing. In doing that, we ended up taking out an incentive to work together, which meant that basically we kind of polarized and ossified Congress. Um, great unintended consequence there. And then in doing that, like we've gotten, I mean, you have the Republicans who increasingly, like especially like these Tea Party people, who I, I think pretty clearly did not give a fuck about um, taxes or budgets or any of this stuff. They give a, I mean, you can say that because didn't give a shit when Trump was bumping up $1.5 trillion of, of tax breaks to wealthy people, but they sure as fuck liked it when, um, you know, they're all into it when it's Obama trying to do something. And you just look at that and you're like, yeah. So I, and I, I've, I have sympathy for him. I, I know he had a hard time, but also like, yeah, I look at the ACA and it's like, um, it's, it's just this thing that the Democrats always do where I want this, right? This, this seems like the right thing. They want this. I think we can probably negotiate to here. And the Democrats start not even here, but they give a little bit more than that when they open the fucking negotiations. It's like, what the fuck is wrong? 
Ah, anyway, I'm, I'm very frustrated with all this stuff. So with that, um, I think time to wrap up. So thank you for, um, for listening and watching. I will try to talk about other stuff next time, although I'm sure I'm going to have other stuff like this to, to just grind on. It's, um, it's such a frustrating thing. I'm getting, this is a small bit of personal thing. Um, today is by chance, or by coincidence, my birthday. Completely unrelated to that. I don't really celebrate it, but it's an interesting, you know, it's a minorly noteworthy thing in my life for me. Uh, totally unintentional, wasn't planned, but I'm getting my student pilot certificate today and starting to work on flying, which is not the best use of, um, of fossil fuels and all of this stuff, not the best use of money, but it's something I've wanted to do for a while. So, um, yeah, and I have driven a Prius and kind of been pretty good at that. So I'm now going to offset all of that with, uh, with flying. Uh, it's great, Scott. But, uh, that being said, you yeah, know, kind of looking forward to that. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm so, I'm so irritated with all this stuff. <sighs> Serenity now, but really, uh, thanks again. And, uh, say Jen.